Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined by my partner in crime, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Talking Packers-Rams, it'll be Monday night football at Lambeau Field. And Wes, when the Packers came back from the bye weekend, hit the practice field on Tuesday, there is still the issue of David Bakhtiari recovering from the appendectomy. We don't really know what his status is going to be here in the coming weeks moving forward. But the rest of this team is looking pretty healthy. If the Packers are going to make a run at this, they're at least uh, getting the, the bulk of their horses in the race, so to speak. Yeah, they're getting you know pretty much the full arsenal. Uh, even so, I mean, even look at Caleb Jones was activated off the non-football illness list. Uh, so the Packers roster is back at 53 players now, finally, too. Another reinforcement for the offensive line. Another reinforcement for the offensive line. But most importantly, you look at the offensive side of the ball. Aaron Rodgers was practicing on Tuesday. And it now, keep in mind... It's a light practice. They're only going for an hour, but he didn't have tape on that thumb. He told Pat McAfee during his weekly appearance that he's feeling much better with that. Ribs, hopefully feeling better here. You hope that you have Aaron Rodgers back towards maybe not 100%. You know, I don't want to put the percentage on it, but yeah. feeling more like himself again. The big thing, though, is the fact that Aaron Jones, no lingering after effects from that shin injury in Chicago, and Romeo Dobbs continuing to practice. He said afterwards in the locker room, really commended the team and himself pat on the back, uh, for the decision they made. As difficult as it was for him not to play against Chicago, he feels like that extra two weeks put him in a position to feel back to where he wanted to be, being able to cut, run full speed again. And, Mike, we've talked about it for weeks now, but we're finally getting closer to seeing Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs on the field together. Yeah, and and it's not even not even just, uh, just those two. It has been a long time since the Packers have had the – the five receivers they went into the season with feeling like we're going to be their top five, whatever order you want to put them in, Lazard, Watson, Dobbs, Cobb, Watkins. Those five guys, I think it was week two against yeah. Chicago, was the only time that the Packers actually had all five of those players available. And you're right. The exciting thing is that is with the two rookies, Watson the second rounder, Dobbs the fourth rounder, they played very. They've been on the field together for very few snaps over the course of their of their rookie season, and this is this is kind of the exciting and interesting thing. Not just from the standpoint of what can the Packers do in these last four games down the stretch, 
But uh, um, regardless of what happens elsewhere on the roster in the offseason, this is the future of the Packers passing game here. These two guys, they were drafted where they were drafted because they're going to be long-term fixtures yep. at that position. It's a chance to see what it looks like with both of them out there together. You know, you had to edit it. I wrote it. Uh, the Insider Inbox column on Thursday I was trying to think of the last time the Packers have had two receivers in the same draft class that were as highly acclaimed as the two that they have in Watson and Dobbs, and I really couldn't think of them. They've doubled up before. They've taken multiple guys in specific years, but to have two guys that have shown real potential to be difference makers, every down players in this offense that came out of the same draft class, it doesn't happen a lot. And talking with Watson a little bit this year, talking with Dobbs again this past week, you could tell the affinity all these guys have for each other the fact that they went through the same process alongside each other earning the trust of Aaron Rodgers earning their place in this offense going back to meeting each other at the senior bowl yes. in, in Mobile Alabama yep. as well back in January and their skill sets complement each other perfectly and if you throw Samori Toure into that as well another guy that could potentially be a, a playmaker for this team down the line it is a very exciting time for the Packers receiving core. And finally, regardless of how these last four weeks go, finally getting a chance to see what really that future of the perimeter game is going to look like in Green Bay. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Well, the perimeter game for the Los Angeles Rams certainly looks very different than the one the Packers faced yeah. uh, late in the season last year at Lambeau Field. And it's not just, obviously, the change at quarterback with Baker Mayfield now taking over for Matthew Stafford, but... The guy who led the NFL last year in receptions, in receiving yards, and in touchdowns, Cooper Cup, is not on the field for the Rams. Give me your assessment of just where the Rams are with their, with their perimeter weapons. I mean, we saw Van Jefferson get the game-winning touchdown yep. on the Thursday night football game against the Raiders. Uh, you know, heck of a play, one-on-one, -on -one, great throw by... Uh, Baker Mayfield for the touchdown there, but then you look at Van Jefferson's statistics for the season, and you're sort of like, well, where has this guy been all year? Yeah. Right. So, I, I'm I'm not I'm not sure exactly. Uh, you know, you you take Cooper Cup out of the mix, and and tight end Tyler Higby is is uh, is one of uh, the biggest weapons that the Rams have here yeah. in the passing game moving forward. Yeah, I mean. The, the dearth of playmakers in this offense, I think, is kind of what has hurt them, in addition to the fact they've had, like, five different quarterbacks uh, this <laughs> season. I mean, honestly, it kind of reminds you, when you look at the box score, it almost looks like those uh, the strike years in 87, where there's just like, wait, where are all these guys coming from that were playing quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams? Fortunately, now they get Baker Mayfield off of waivers, but it has been a grind, a late, relentless grind. Um, with, with Matthew Stafford, you know, and you wish the best for him. I mean, it seems like he's dealing with kind of a scary um, sort of, you know, incident. But losing Cooper Cup, everybody knew the offense ran through him. But then Allen Robinson goes down for the season. Um, they've had to rely on guys that were more complementary pieces in this offense now as the go-tos. And 
furthermore, you know, some some really interesting decisions. You know, Daryl Henderson gets cut midseason. So, you know, Cam Akers hasn't really been as effective as I think they were hoping for, you know, when they drafted him, injuries right. aside. They just haven't had a lot to hang their hat on. Now, that being said, Mike, you look at Van Jefferson. He was a guy that was brought in a number of years ago. He was kind of picked as the, the, the prospect to develop with all these other guys, you know, when you go back to Robert Woods being there. He was kind of seen as that next guy. And then, you know, Ben, you know, Skaronic. I mean, they, they have players that can hurt you. It's just when you look at the Rams right now, they aren't the same team as they were before when it's, okay, how are we going to address Cooper Cup? Right. And what's the domino effect of that defense on the rest of, you know, how you attack LA's offense? Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Well, with regard to the, the quarterback switch to Baker Mayfield, I have to issue a correction from our last show <laughs> because I said the last time the Packers had faced a quarterback in back-to-back -back seasons for different teams as the starter was Phillip Rivers in 2019-2020 with the Chargers and the Colts, and that is actually not correct. I opened my mouth before I finished my research, and uh, because I had forgotten, when I got to the end of my research, I discovered that I had forgotten about the Jared Goff-Matthew Stafford quarterback switch between the Rams and the Lions, and the Packers faced Jared Goff as the Rams quarterback in the 2020 playoffs and then as the Lions quarterback in 2021. And then, of course, they faced Matthew Stafford as the Lions quarterback in 2020 and then as the Rams quarterback in the regular season when the Packers and Rams met in 2021. So um, this whole back-to-back -back with different quarterbacks thing has, is somewhat starting to get old hat for um, – for Matt LaFleur. This situation is very different though in that we talked about on our last show how there's only three quarters of Baker Mayfield Los Angeles Rams film to go off of here. This isn't, you can't look at, you know, the nine games that Phillip yeah. Rivers played with the Colts before, um, you know, before he ended up facing the Packers as an example. So a real challenge, a real challenge for the, uh, uh, for the Packers defense here. And I think I think if there's one if there's one area, well, I guess I'd say two areas. Defensively, the Packers need to get more stout against the run. They can't have any more of these games like what happened against the uh, uh, the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. And I thought we saw some signs of the run defense stepping up against Chicago, certainly down the stretch the way the defense played to allow that fourth quarter comeback. That was a good sign there. But the Packers also have got to find some pass rush from somewhere because they've had a hard time getting after quarterbacks since Rashawn Gary went down. You lose your best pass rusher. You know, those guys don't grow on trees, as they say. Justin Hollins has come in off, uh, off of waivers from the Rams and provided uh, so, some depth there. But uh, um, 
but I, I, I'm curious if this bye week and when the coaches have a little bit more time to study things and think about things, if we might start seeing a little bit more creativity in terms of getting after quarterbacks because the Packers can't, they're not going to be able to make a run in this last month when you, you don't have Rashawn Gary, he's not going to show up, he's not going to yeah. Willis Reed it coming out of the tunnel. So you've got to get pass rush from somewhere for this defense to play the way the Packers needed to play down the stretch. Yeah, I mean... That's what's tough because the, the defensive front and the way they attacked the quarterback was kind of built off of Rashawn Gary, really. I mean, you knew you were going to see a lot of Gary this season. You knew you were going to see a lot of Preston Smith, but it was almost like they were going to try to recreate what they did in 19 with the Smith bros, but just kind of subbing in Gary into that formula. Well, when you lose Gary, right. uh, six sacks on the season, you know, still the team leader, I believe, at this point in time, despite the fact he's been out for a month already – it just shows you the change you have to make with your defensive front. You say that, you know, pass rushers don't grow on trees. I'm always reminded of the old uh, Ron Zook adage of, yeah, they don't come out of the womb, you know, rushing the passer. They don't come <laughs> out of the room returning punts. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is true. I mean, it's, it's so difficult to replace those players. I tip my cap to Kingsley and Igbari. I feel like he's stepped up in a lot of ways. Certainly Justin Hollins has come in and already has a sack. I mean, been that, but – it's not just about one player or one position group pulling the, you know, the Packers forward in that. It's about the defensive front as a whole. It's about, you know, calls that Joe Barry makes to potentially get the blitz going a little bit more. Maybe get Devondre Campbell and you, you get a guy like Quay Walker involved. Packers got to get creative with it. To, to branch if I, off of what your argument was, if I may, because you make a good point about the run defense, this is not the week you can allow the, the L.A. Rams to, to start running the football. No, this, this, is, this is an offense. This Rams offense has struggled to run the ball all year, and the Packers have to keep it that way. Yeah, and, and it, it's not just about the run game. It's about what Baker Mayfield could do because last week, I mean, it. if you look at it, Mike, the fact that they were able to win that game over the Raiders, if you look at a box score – it's pretty astonishing. I mean, that game for 55 minutes kind of was going to play out way, the way it was supposed to. Well, and, and, and what's really unwrapped. crazy about it, too, statistically, even after that fourth quarter comeback against the Raiders, the Rams have still been outscored by 49 points in the fourth quarter yeah. this year. So that total was over 60 points they'd been outscored in the fourth quarter until Mayfield led that comeback yeah. in the last five, six minutes on, uh, on Thursday night. This isn't, a team, this isn't a team that has finished well. Suddenly Baker Mayfield changes, changes that narrative, and I'm sure they'd like to get their run game going to help out Mayfield, who still is only going to have a portion of the playbook to be able to run when he takes the field at Lambeau. A hundred percent. And that's why by stopping the run, you put this game back in Baker Mayfield's hands a little bit more. And Mayfield is an accomplished guy. He's a former number one overall pick, but the Packers have seen him. They've intercepted him. They made plays off of him. And you need to make him look like the guy that got signed three minutes ago, you know, or claimed three minutes ago. <laughs> right. right. That's the key to victory for the Packers. You can't let the, the Rams, especially – on what appears to be a, probably a pretty darn cold night at Lambeau Field, uh, allowing them to feel comfortable in this venue. Yeah, I think generating some turnovers for this defense, and, and especially if you, can get, if you can get Mayfield to throw you an interception too, I, I think that, uh, that really changes the outlook of this game. I did look up some statistics on Baker Mayfield that I'll share with you, Wes, because we've seen him. He's, you know, to, to me, and this is what I said in Insider Inbox, he's, he's a flip-the-coin flip quarterback. Yeah. You, you don't know what you're <laughs> going to get from game to game. Here's the thing. In game, g games he has started in his career where Baker Mayfield has not thrown an interception, he's 18-8. and eight. Games in which he has thrown two or more interceptions, he's 3-13. and 13. Yeah. I mean, all, you know, 
what what are you what are you going to get? But it but uh, but well, if like you can football. force him if you can force him into a couple of mistakes, yeah. he's proven over the course of his career he's not necessarily going to be able to overcome those mistakes to uh, to get a victory. So I think that uh, that ranks up there. The other one that's a key to victory for me, and I say this not just in this game. But if the Packers are going to make a run here over the final month and put together a winning streak, the Packers have to start playing from ahead. They have to start getting leads early in games. I think, I think that does a couple of things. I think it provides a boost to the offense when you can start fast, get some points on the board early and play from in front. And it helps a defense to be playing with a lead as opposed to um, playing from behind and then saying, oh, we just got to hold him here, you know, hold him here, give the offense a chance to come back. I look back at the 2016 run the table, Wes. The last six games of the regular season when the Packers had to win all six of those to get to the playoffs, every single one of those games started out Green Bay 7, opponent 0. The Packers got the first touchdown of the game six games in a row as part of that six-game winning streak. I think that's something that you that this team needs to play from in front and – Stop trying to, you know, scramble in the fourth quarter to be able to come back and pull out these close victories. That's probably the thing I've missed the most this season compared to especially the last two years was Green Bay had so many good opening drives, uh, lengthy drives, you know, eight to 12 play series that would end up in the end zone. Um, that wasn't always like that. They struggled with that, even in Matt LaFleur's first season. I mean, there were times where it didn't work out, but I think it was before this game against Chicago. Was it something like, was it seven straight first quarter drives where they didn't, weren't able to get points? I mean, it really does. It, it, it sets the tempo for a football game. And, you know, I think also, you know, I, I, I was asked the question again about the deferring. People always like to ask about that. You know, if you win the coin toss, do you defer? I always do just because I feel like the advantage is still so strong there. But if that's what you're doing, that means the defense has to come out and set the tone. That means that if the defense gets you a three and out, the offense needs to set the tone. And it comes back to the number one narrative that you and I have talked about all season. People can talk about players. They can talk about positions. They can talk about coordinators. But it comes down to complementary football. When the Packers play together and they play together with a lead early, that's how Matt LaFleur became the winningest coach in NFL history through his first three seasons. Yeah. And that's the type of football they need to play down the stretch. Yeah, and you, you bring up the deferring thing too. Another another thing that I looked up and, and I'm I'm generally I like to defer and and take the ball at the yeah. start of the second half because the first half is so much of a feeling out process. Here's the thing though about the twenty twenty two Packers. This season the Packers have had the opening possession of the third quarter nine times. They've only scored three out of those nine. Six of the nine have been either a punter or a turnover. The strategy of deferring and taking the ball at the start of the second half hasn't really helped them. They haven't been able to come out of the locker room and and take the ball down the field and score. It just makes me wonder, you know, you get a bye week, you think about things, the coaches study all these things. We'll just see. And obviously, if you lose the toss, it's not your call anyway, yeah. right? But we'll just see if uh, if there are any, well, any strategies perhaps that uh, that change up here. Because because Mike McCarthy, in the 2016, when the team was 4-6, and six, he did start taking the ball when he won the toss instead of deferring to the second half. And they got a 7 to nothing lead, as I said, in all six of those games. Yeah. It's so hard to predict, though, right, though, because, like, Chicago wins the toss, the Bears take the ball, right. they start off super fast, and then they can't do anything else the rest of the game offense. Right. So it's, it, yeah. it's, it's a weird... 
Yeah, there there are no there are no swings. guarantees. There are no guarantees regardless. It's just when yeah. you get when you get this late in the season and you see what you've tried and what has worked and what hasn't worked, you just wonder if uh, if there may be some change ups coming down the pike. They here. just got to get back to losing the coin toss every week like they did last season. Yeah, that that worked that worked <laughs> that worked pretty well. Packers didn't need to win the toss to uh, to win games to win games last year. They left the choice up to the opponent and they just rolled with it. So. Um, some sponsor business here. West Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl, Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. All right, I want to take a look at some other games going on around the NFL and actually starting with Thursday Night Football, a game that has some implications for the Packers. It's the uh, the Brock Purdy 49ers, although he's listed as questionable on the injury report. But the Niners are at Seattle. Um, if he doesn't play, who plays? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Is Christian McCaffrey going to play Wildcat quarterback <laughs> for, for the game? I mean, you know, they point. don't even have Debo Samuel to take some snaps in the Wildcat because yeah. he's injured now. So, um, But a big Thursday night game. Um, Niners, Niners and Seahawks, um, big implications in that division as far as, uh, and also in the, in the wild card race. Oh, Josh Johnson is the guy. I forgot they signed Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson is their third stint with the 49ers now. Uh, okay. So a couple things to this game. It sounds like Kenneth Walker is going to play. Uh, that that's the number one thing here. People will talk about that's, Purdy. That's that's a that's a big boost for the Seahawks. The, no the doubt Seahawks about. were not the same team without him last week. Geno Smith is not the same quarterback without him. He has to do more, which leads to more you know interceptions. At least that's what it's looked like so far. Kenneth Walker's been the running back that they've been looking for for so many years now. So seeing how he performs and how Geno performs against that defense is really the biggest thing here. As much as we want to make it about Purdy, and certainly it was funny listening to Alan Lazard rant and rate not rant but rave about him because you know the Iowa State connection yeah the fact that the Packers really do need this young man to play well down the stretch to help their own wild card uh you know potential you know there's a lot of reasons why people are going to talk about him in that position but ultimately it comes back to D'Amico Ryan's defense against this Seattle offense Seattle's reeling man they have kind of they were out front they surprised everybody, and now they've started to come back down to earth a little bit. Yeah. San Francisco, meanwhile, has basically risen as the Seahawks have fallen. It'll be interesting to see who comes out on top of that one. Yeah. bunch of other games. I'll just rattle them off here, and I'll let you comment on, uh, on what you'd like to. Um, Giants and Washington, second meeting in a span of a few weeks between those two teams. Obviously, they had an overtime tie the first time. Hard to say, you know. I mean, if you know, if you're uh, if you're looking at this from all of the Packers scenarios and stuff, I'm not sure who you want to Can win. Can they both lose? What's is that? Is it possible for both to lose? I mean, the, the overtime tie is about as close as it gets. I don't know if you can count on a second one of those between the yeah. same two teams. Um, Detroit is at the New York Jets. Um, I'm very intrigued with this one because of the way the Lions offense has been playing and the way the Jets defense has been playing. I think that's a really yep. I think that's a really, really interesting matchup there. In the AFC East, you have Miami going to Buffalo. Could be a, a big time weather game out there in western New York with uh, with what the forecast looks like. Another another interesting game in the AFC. Two teams kind of maybe going in opposite directions right now. The Tennessee Titans against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Titans actually have not won a game since they won at Lambeau Field on that Thursday night football game. They've they're they're in a, a rut now all of a sudden. 
and uh, the Chargers coming off of the big win um, in primetime last week over Miami and Justin Herbert, you know, looking like uh, looking like the guy that uh, um, that everybody thought he was going to be throughout the course of the year. And then Cincinnati at Tampa Bay. The only reason I bring this one up is because if the Buccaneers lose to the Bengals, the leader or leaders in the AFC South or uh, sorry the NFC South would be six and eight. It'd be two game if if the Buccaneers lose this game, two games under five hundred, with three games to go, would be leading that division. Six and eight, feeling great. Six and eight. Yeah, we'll, we'll see great. what happens there. Certainly, that's going to be a big game too for the Bengals as they continue to try to mount this late season charge. Yeah, bang, Bengals two, are Bengals are coming on potentially. Two games I want to talk about, and I couldn't care less about the Titans struggling. Um, what I what I do want to talk about is the Lions and the Jets, because let's take away for just two seconds the implications with the Packers. That is a win-or-go-home game for basically both of those teams. And the interesting part of this is it's in New York. It's not in Detroit. It'll be very interesting to see how the Lions come out of the gate in this one. They're 2-3 and three on the road this year. They've been okay, but they have And they've already won season. a game in that stadium because they beat the Giants there they a did. few weeks ago. Yep. So that, that that's an interesting the thing, Gi- too. It's a road game, but they're going back to a place they just played like a month ago. You want to talk about... The Titans, uh, the Giants suddenly have not won a game in a month. Yeah, it's been, and it's it was been a, a while. It was it's a dominating eight-point victory over the one-win Houston Texans. I mean, it's been a – and if you look at these schedules, Mike, for both the Giants and the Commanders, it is daunting on yeah. both sides of it. I think the Commanders still have – what is it? Uh, Minnesota's still on there, Philadelphia. Uh, the, the Giants, I think, still have to play San Francisco. I mean, like, it's it's interesting the way yeah, this – somebody's got out. Dallas in that mix. Somebody's too. got Dallas, too. I can yeah. look that up, but – but getting back to the Packers, let's just do that really quickly as far as the Packers are concerned. Hey, Indianapolis Colts, you want to show up on Sunday? Knock off the Minnesota Vikings? Go crazy. <laughs> the Chicago Bears, if you can actually have a decent performance against the Philadelphia Eagles, shock the world. The more losses, and then the Jaguars against the Cowboys. And, you know, the way Jacksonville plays with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, you're never sure, you never can be too sure. The Packers, as you and I have talked about, and we've kind of looked ahead to the Week 18 hourglass there, you want to keep that race as tight as possible between Philly and Dallas. You want to make sure that those teams are still playing for something. You want to make sure the Minnesota Vikings are still playing for something. Because ultimately, there are a lot of crossover there with these division champions slash wildcard teams that are going to have to get shuffled out. The Packers need this thing to stay competitive to the very end, and there's a lot of little competition and matchups this week to make that happen. Yeah. Um, I think uh, um, I'll be curious to watch uh, Miami taking on Buffalo be- yeah. with uh, not only because of the potential of the weather factor, but because Miami is obviously Green Bay's next opponent. They're coming off of a tough loss against the Chargers. Now they have a tough division road game. Maybe they end up going into Christmas Day uh, against Green Bay on uh, on a bit of a losing streak, and then everybody's suddenly questioning what's going on in Miami. You know, it'll it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens. If, but that's a that's a big matchup huge. in the AFC East: Buffalo and uh, the the Bills and the Dolphins. Yeah, and Miami's just been as talented as they are, and they and we're gonna next week from now we're gonna be talking about how dangerous Tariq Hill is. But I mean, they have been up and down yep. throughout the course of this season. If I may, just to make sure we get all of our facts straight. The Giants here, they have the Commanders. Then they play on Christmas Eve. They are at Minnesota. Then they play Indianapolis. They have to travel then to Philadelphia in the final week of the season. Over on Washington's side of things, they get the New York Giants. They then travel to San Francisco on Christmas Eve. 
They host the Cleveland Browns, and then they host the Dallas Cowboys in Week 18. So a lot of competitive matchups there. Cleveland not looking so good right now. You know, maybe Joe Kobe Brissett becomes the quarterback again. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> it is what it is. And and for the Packers, you just have to hope again. These last four games, you have to take care of business against the Rams and hope a few more dominoes fall your way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's about uh, it's about one at a time as it always is, but even more so with the uh, the situation the Packers are in right now. So with that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team, all kinds of content for you available on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. See you next time. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.